is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. like TV, isn't it? You don't work with children, animals, and youth leaders. Or Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a youth leader. And a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's our privilege to be um, bringing God's Word to you today in a slightly different style. Everyone's looking at us like, what is going to happen? We don't even know. No, we do. Um, we are going to have sort of a conversational style preach this morning which is cool right we think this is not scripted (laughs) it's not scripted but what we want to do is sort of recreate um our discussion around the scripture so if you could open your bibles and turn with us to romans chapter one and we're starting at verse eight and just when we first started talking we we were chatting about um why do we like Romans? Why are there lots of series on Romans? Why um, are a lot of our favourite scriptures in Romans? And I think it would be true to say it's quite a personal book, isn't it, for a lot of us? A lot of life happens in Romans. A lot of uh, maybe you were led to faith through scripture in Romans or someone pointing you um, to those verses It's really clear on what salvation is and how God's grace is at work in us. And for lots of us, it's doctrinal. We get a lot of our foundational beliefs are found in Romans and also how church life works. So it's such a wonderful book, isn't it? And Adam um, opened up so well for us last week about introducing Romans and some of the history of that book. Um, And we just thought... Yeah, it's a really, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And hopefully we will be able to um, help lead you in that this morning. So we're starting at Romans 1, verse 8 to 17, which I think you're reading. Let's let's, uh, pray as we open up these scriptures. Let's just ask the Lord to open uh, open our hearts to them. (laughs) Lord, we love your word. Um, uh, and we, we believe what is in it is true, but we recognize as well that we are not Greek speakers or Latin speakers in Rome in AD 50, 60 something. That, but we believe that your word goes out into all the world. It, go, it transcends beyond time and, and what Paul wrote to your church um, in that time for that moment, we know applies to our hearts. We know applies to our church. We know applies to our city. And so, Lord, would, would these words that are ancient but eternal lift our eyes to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we'll start with the verse. Now. Like, a lot of these letters, I think, like, were performed originally. So apologies if I'm about to go over the top here, but I'm going to be playing the part of Phoebe, who was the person who kind of wrote this. So, yeah. So, first, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, 
in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mm. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have among the other Gentiles. I am obligated to both non-Greeks and Greeks, to both the wise and the foolish, and that is why I am so eager to preach the gospel. Also to you who are in Rome, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Mm. Such a good passage. Yeah. Such a good passage, isn't it? I think as we, uh, as we go through it today, let's, let's read a part of the passage and, and then we're, we're going to explore it a little bit more. Um, so let's, let's get into this. First, I think... Thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith has been reported all over the world. God, oh, who... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, this feels God. terrible interrupting Tim the Elder. Sorry. That was scripted. <laughs> it was scripted. She was so scared of doing it even in practice. I was. <laughs> no, this actually happened when we got together and talked about it because you know when you have you're presented with a scripture and instantly in that scripture that Dan read, you're like oh, there's some bits I know really well in there. And sometimes when we read scripture, we can just head towards those bits and miss some parts. And I was like, oh my word, that first verse, verse eight is actually is incredible. I thank God for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. So Paul is saying here, he's so impressed by the Roman church. And what is he saying he's impressed by? Okay. Is it their worship bands? Their prominence in the city? Is it how big they are? Their numbers? Is it their social action projects? Their building and how beautiful it is? Is it their branding? Is it their leadership team? Is it whether they've got a podcast? What their online presence looks like? All of those things are really good. But if you all look at that verse now, what is it that Paul says to them? He says, because you're... Faith. faith. Your faith is being reported all over the world. And we were like, actually, what did it look like for those Christians to exist in Rome? What was, what was it like for them? And actually, it was not easy to be a Christian in Rome. It's around AD 57, 59. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an easy place to be. So Emperor Nero, he was not a fan of Christians. And, and actually, he was known as the evangelist to the gods. So Christians were not his favorite group of people. And actually, a lot of how he treated Christians, he used them as scapegoats for a lot of, a lot of his leadership mistakes. So he was, you know, it wasn't easy. We can read that and go, oh, they must have had it so easy. They had it really hard, but still they're known for their faith. Isn't that absolutely wonderful? Their faith, their obedience in faith, it was... Faith. It was fruitful. 
By their fruits, they were known, they were faithful, they were obedient in faith. And that was making an impact, not just in the city they were in, but also beyond that, which is wonderful. Yeah. I I think so often we see, um, we, we can look at any part of church life and we could see that we could do all of those things either with faith or without it, I, I suppose. We could, we could come in and sing songs with faith or without them. We could come in, uh, we, we, could, we could pray with faith or we could just say our prayers at night. Do, do you know what I mean? That, that kind of going, going through the, the, the pattern, the rhythm of it. And, and whilst those patterns and rhythms are actually so helpful to remind us sometimes, like actually, we could, they can become so constant, what, that we end up taking them for granted, that we end up going, uh, just not seeing the, the, not approaching them with any sense of faith, with any sense of reverence, I suppose. And James says, in, um, he says, well, you, you show me faith and I will always show you deeds. What he didn't say is, you show me some deeds, I'll definitely show you faith behind it. There can always be actions. There can always be things that we're doing. Mm. We can always get things, try to get things right. But actually, without faith in, in it, that, that becomes, it becomes so weak. Yeah. yeah, it's always a warning, isn't it? Like, you could go through this, like, biblically, there's the Pharisees, isn't it, who are just going through the motions. They're doing all of this tradition, but their heart wasn't in it. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. really like have that stirring within them to do it they were just going through the motions it was like kind of the samaritan on the side of the road it's like oh yeah i would do that but unfortunately these traditions mean that i can't actually help you right now it's kind of like because they're relying so much on the law at that stage that like they think that that's going to save them but the law never really saved them every single time that they had some laws and they got some new ones they broke them too (laughs) like it never really helped them if anything it kind of highlighted how much they needed the messiah to come at the end of the day yeah, yeah. You're, you're right, and 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 sort of bringing it. This is so important about bringing it back to what it was like for the for the Jewish people, um, and and you know the Pharisees and the Levites passing aside on the other side of the road because they were like, oh, I don't want to get my hands dirty, and it, they left it to the Samaritan. Was they, they were so caught up in what they were doing, and right here in Rome, we've got this church that's made up of essentially two groups of people so we've, we've got a church made up of of um of jewish christians and non-jewish christians the bible calls them gentiles um but anyone who's just not descended from mm. abraham yeah yeah but we could do that in our own lives easily as well really at the end of the day there's been times when i've come to church and just like mentally you're not there and that's all right at the end of the day but like you can go through the motions and sing the songs but it's important to realize that actually like, there needs to be some love. There needs to be a heart behind this. Like, I'm coming to worship because I want to worship. Like, it's important to not let those Sundays become the flavor of your faith, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. Um, should we come back to, come back to uh, the scripture it. here? And let's, let's move on to verse... Um, uh, verse nine, verse nine, which is where I was heading to, before. Soz. <laughs> um, this was the bit that really stood out for me. You see, um, 
God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. I pray that now at last by, by God's will we may be, the, the way may be opened for me to come to you. Sorry, it's me. <laughs> prayer. You would expect the prayer guys to talk about prayer, but I'm going to talk about prayer. Isn't prayer wonderful? Yes. Guys, come on prayer now. Prayer is wonderful. Prayer yes. is wonderful. You know, prayer is so, so important for us, isn't it, in our faith. And Paul is bringing it out here. He's saying, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to keep praying for, for you. I'm going to pray day and night for you. He's saying, I'm not going to give up praying for you. Um, and there's another scripture that says this so well in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. And it says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Some other versions say, pray without ceasing. I just want to encourage you this morning that prayer should be part of our lifestyle as Christians. It's so important for us to be praying continually. Now, yes, I know life happens, but let's view prayer as a constant conversation between us and God, where we're just coming to him in all things. Yeah, we, we need to also make very specific times, don't we, where we actually shut everything else out and come to God in prayer. But let it be part of our, our lives that daily we're having that conversation with God. Um, we're praying continually. It's part of, it's part of our walk. Um, can can and, I just step in? Oh, I'm sorry. Getting me back now. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's so interesting that you say, that you say about um, Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, Thessalonians, that there's that encouragement to pray continually. Because actually, mm. there's another letter. He doesn't start every letter with, like, your faith is known everywhere. Like, he doesn't say that to everyone at all. But, that, but in 1 Thessalonians, he, he starts off with, your faith is known everywhere. Mm. Like, just, like he said, um, just like he said to the Romans. So, it's so it, it, you get this kind of this theme coming through. is that actually pray, praying continually yeah. is a really big deal if your faith's going to be known everywhere. Yeah. So I guess we were talking about that as individuals. We need to make sure our prayer life is just so active. And also we just like, well, actually, when we come together then, when we pray corporately, what does that look like? And it's the, the image we came up with was like coals being put together. How wonderful it is when you come to prayer meeting or AMP or life group and your heart is prepared because you've been seeking God. You've been spending that time in his presence and we were like, oh, hang on a minute. That image is a bit like Ray's word that he had for us um, a few weeks ago that he, he brought to church, which actually happened in our prayer meeting on the Friday night where we all had a candle and we lit that candle and then we put all the candles together and in the middle was a tall candle that represented Jesus. And just how wonderful it is when we each have that lifestyle of prayer and other things in our walk. And then we come together and there's like a, um, like a, 
that's the momentum, isn't there? Like, if you put coals together, a fire's probably going to happen. And that momentum of just seeking God for ourselves and living that lifestyle of prayer where we're in constant conversation and seeking God's. Um, and it comes together and, and Jesus is at the centre of it, which is a wonderful picture for us, isn't it? Yes. Should we bring it back to the Bible again then? Go on then, Dan. All right, all right. All right. So, I long to see you so that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I don't want to, you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I've planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have among the other Gentiles. So good here. Um, I... This really strikes me that the beginning of verse 11, I long to see you. He's never met him, right? <laughs> he's never seen. How does he know he's How does he know he wants to go and see them? He longs to see them. He's never been there. How does he know what it's like? I, I, find, I find that kind of, it, it's weird in an earthly sense. I can kind of grasp, oh, you know, I, I before I went to Rome, for a holiday, I longed to go to Rome because I'd heard about it, but not necessarily to meet the people in Rome. Yeah, you know, it, or to, to go to a specific group or church. But he is, his heart is totally for them. And there's, there's something, he, he talks about this, this, like the physicality of this gift of what, imparting a spiritual gift to them. And often, when, when we hear about spiritual gifts, we know that they're given from the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's Holy Spirit in Paul is, is longing to be with Holy Spirit mm. in, in the people in Rome. And, and so as they, as they come together, as, the, as these like coals are, are brought together, the, there's this impartation of a gift, which he actually, he goes on, to, he, often we talk about spiritual gifts like, oh, it's, you know, it's tongues, it's prophecy. This one is is faith and encouragement. This mm. is like that we would be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. Because mm. their faith is so great, it's been known all over the world. Um, and and he, he thinks, the great Paul, the great apostle, reckons that he's going to be encouraged by them. It's, so it's so important here that he just, he wants to be in, in the room. And I, I just... It kind of reminds me a little bit of how, you know how you can meet people sometimes and they, there's a depth of connection there um, which almost goes a little bit beyond like what it deserves to be. Do you know what I mean? Where you just can't explain, oh man, I, I just, there's something here where it's like, it, it's gone beyond um, the number of times I've met I've met this person something might be going on for them and you're like you're just desperate to be a part of it and um and, and we can sometimes see it as well in the way that uh, in the way that we uh, organize our, our, our church as, as well like if you think about people that have come to, sp to speak to us just just um a few months ago we had um, marcus and leah and their family who came over to us from stafford um, and they were they were sharing their story about how they're about to go and plant a church in 
eastern Germany in, in a place called Chemnitz um, and how we can remember them in prayer, how we can, mm. how, how we can desperately want to help them. We, we hear of Sam and Abby who are in a place in Cambodia um, called Siem Reap. Um, I, I cannot wait to see them reap. Um, the harvest there is, and 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 uh, that was really good. Right. <laughs> I don't think it is. If you have to tell people, it is. Like oh, you can. <laughs> it's good. Thanks, thanks. I'd like. I'm putting that in a poem sometime. All right, I'm just saying. Watch out. Um, <laughs> but but we're not just praying for them. We were able to. They were they were setting up a a, a ministry that's that's serving the, the kids next to the rubbish dump and they, they needed a four by four to get there. And we were able to, to contribute to, uh, to help them get that four by four. And they've got it now. And, and there's this thing where I, I long to be on the other side of the world. I long to help them. It's, it's, it comes from Holy Spirit in us desiring Holy Spirit in them. And, and wanting to be part of them, I, I suppose. That's why Paul wants to desperately get to Rome. Yeah, but, like, it's not as if that's the kind of, like, ultimate, like, point. It's not like if you're praying for these people, then obviously the, the needs to gradually get to the stage where you want to go there, does it? Like, I think we, we're looking at this, aren't we, um, in terms of geography. Mm. Um, so a physical sense. And, you know, um, Steve, when you were going to go out... To Germany, yeah. you you um, were intentional in it, so I'm I'm really sorry you didn't get to go. This is not to um, make you feel bad because you didn't get to go in the end, but you had to be intentional. So you had to go online, I presume. You had to book the tickets, and if you did get to go, you would have had to pack a case. You would have had to go on an aeroplane. There would have been arrangements. It would have been intentional, wouldn't it, to have been there physically, geographically. It would have been great, and it's going to be great, it is. And like Graham and Kezia, when they went out to Cambodia, it was intentional, wasn't it? But we were sort of talking about, well, actually, if we can't all do that geographically, we can't all, but um, let's have a trip out to Siemri this year. I don't know. I don't mean that. But a trip to Germany. Trip to Germany. Hooray. <laughs> Even though we can't necessarily do that physically and geographically, we can still be intentional in encouraging others, can't we? And we sort of discuss what does that look like within church or within our area in Christ Central. Um, we're not booking tickets and looking online and packing suitcases, but we're intentionally sending messages to encourage or we're praying into something for somebody and we're doing it continually we're making that extra effort to have that lifestyle of prayer um, it's purposeful it's like a moving towards in the spiritual realm rather than a geographical thing um, and I, I just we were just talking about you know in in terms of how that looks for AMP because we've been praying for um, like somebody in AMP um, we're praying for healing for one of their friends we didn't know this friend but there was something within us at AMP that was really stirred to pray really hard for this person for healing and also to encourage the person at AMP 
who had brought this person, trying really hard not to say their name, to us in prayer. We wanted to encourage them as well. So we were intentional in encouraging that person, but also praying for healing for this guy who was not a Christian. And there was something in our hearts, just like Paul's talking about, there's something, there's a longing to see change. There's a longing to be, and we're, we're... we just caught hold of something in AMP where we were wanting to really pray for this person to know Jesus, and we actually still are. They, they've seen amazing outworking of our prayers, and we would so love to see them in church. And maybe we'll say one day that person gets saved, and we'll say, do you remember that person we were really skirting around on that, <laughs> on that preach? They're here, and they're saved, and woo! We're going to rejoice in that. Um, he, he did actually say, this prayer stuff really works, you know. Yeah, this person has said that, that prayer works. How wonderful is that? That we're praying for people, we're going for it in prayer, we're praying without ceasing. And the person who doesn't even know Jesus is like, oh, this is, prayer is really doing something for my life. How much more? You know, in life groups, let's keep on moving towards one another. Let's keep being intentional and purposeful in how we encourage one another. And maybe that comes really naturally to you, and maybe it doesn't, but I just encourage you today, have that longing to be, have that longing to move towards people, that there's that spiritual impartation. You go out for coffee and you share something about what you're going through, and God is in that moment. So I just encourage you in that. Just... kind of feels like what that does is reflect what the Lord does in in the gospel um, where he's he doesn't go right well I'm up here you lot of rubbish if you can work your way up to my standards yeah then I'll hang out with you there, there's this there there is this like he sends his son Mm-hmm. To, to come and step into our world, to, to, be, to be clothed in flesh, to understand what, it, what it's like. like. That is the ultimate reaching out in love. Mm. It's the ultimate sacrifice. And, yet, and, and so every time that we are intentionally moving towards someone else in love and, and in faith and in hope, that actually, wow, we are reflecting exactly what God did for us. It's oh, so good. Let's go back to our scripture. We're at verse 13, I believe. 14, 14, 14. <laughs> and there it says, I am a debtor both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. And my version says the educated and the uneducated. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Yeah, because this is like Paul's purpose at the end of the day. This is what he's felt called to do. He's seeing an issue in the Roman church and it's like, I can fix this. I'm so eager to come to you. Like, I preach the gospel. I can, like, change things here. Because, I mean, looping back to, like, verse 11, he says, I long to see you so that I might impart to you some spiritual gift Mm -hmm. to make you strong. That is, you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Earlier, he was saying that their faith is like famous across all the world. So mm. what's going on here? That's, that faith isn't encouraging each other at that stage. Like, it's not encouraging the, the church. The, within, between like, the Jews and the, and the, the Gentiles. Gentiles. Yeah. There's these like two groups, and they're not building each other up. Mm. Yeah, exactly. There's such division there. Because like, what had happened was like 
Emperor Claudius had kicked all the Jewish people out, and then five years had gone later, and then they were allowed back in again. So you get these like Christian Jewish people and non-Christian Jewish people, and all the Christian Jewish people are bringing all of their traditions because that's what they've been doing this whole time. They've never been told that they should stop the traditions. This is this is how they actually interact with God. So yeah. they're not going to give that up. Yeah, like that's the whole purpose, and so. You get all of these Gentiles coming in and meeting them, and they've been kind of going along for five years without any of those traditions. They're just like, well, we're saved by faith. We're saved by Christ. That's the fulcrum. So you tell me that I need to be, like, respecting the Sabbath or, like, eating kosher or getting circumcised. Like, all of this is, you want to be very sure on that last one. There's, <laughs> like, there's no going back. <laughs> And so, like, Paul's really ideal that, for that position. That might cause some division in, in our church as well. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Free flow. I'd like to <sighs> throw Naomi off there. I knew that she'd be uncomfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. My so own. it's kind of like, Paul's uh. ideal, though, to do that in history. Because he, well, back in the day when he was Saul, like, he was that hardcore Christian. He believed all of this sort of stuff. The hardcore Jew. Yeah, hardcore Jew. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So he was kind of going around preaching the Sabbath, like, this is so important, you guys. And all of these Christians come along and saying, oh, no, none of that's important. So where does he go? He feels so strongly about it. He's going around killing them. Like, and then, bosh, Jesus comes in. He makes a kind of, like, big declaration. What are you persecuting my people? And then he starts going the whole Gentile side as well. So he appreciates both sides of this coin. And it's, like, ideal to be preaching this message. Yeah, I, so, I've got to follow that up. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's just sum it up by saying this. Um, <laughs> the merciful message of Romans, it goes beyond national distinction, cultural distinction, true. Yeah. and educational distinction. Okay. Okay, let's go with that. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. And um, I don't know if you ever meet somebody for the first time. And um, like, oh, how are you? It's nice to meet you. So what do you do? Um, yeah. That's, that's usually that's how we start a conversation. Question, right? What like, do yeah, you yeah. do? And usually, you know, if you're older, that might relate to what your work is. You might be, oh, I studied this at university. Um, young people, it might be like, what options have you chosen for GCSE? I had this conversation with Miles on Friday. It was so cool. Um, and so much of what we end up talking about, maybe when we first meet someone, less so as you get to know people, is like what your qualifications are. You know, you might have letters after your name, which is great. You might not have any. That's also great. But we can so focus, can't we, on what our qualifications seem to be so important to us in society. But let me just say this, and it says in this scripture, and Paul's saying, whether you're foolish or wise, educated or uneducated, there are no qualifications for God's grace. How wonderful is that? There's no standards you have to meet. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any less. And that's wonderful, isn't it? But then when we're thinking, that's thinking about us and how we receive God's grace. But then how does that affect our outward thinking? Is it possible that we can withhold the gospel from others as if we've qualified for it and they don't? Is that a bit of a challenge? I know it's a challenge to me. 
Are there people that I don't share the gospel with because there's something within me that thinks I qualify for it and they don't because that is not what the word is saying here. It's for all people. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what qualifications you have. It doesn't matter what culture you are in. God's grace is for all people and do we discount who we share that with because we think they've got a great life they've got loads of money they don't need to hear it um they're really knowledgeable maybe it's something about their lifestyle that they're living that actually makes it really difficult to share but God's grace is for all people and Paul is sharing that here it doesn't matter who it's for all people he describes himself as he's um uh, in verse 14, he says, I'm a debtor to yeah. um, Greeks and non-Greeks. And there's, there's kind of, there's two ways you can go into debt. One is you can, you can spend too much money, you can borrow too much money. <clears throat> Another way is that you can be entrusted with something and not do it. And, and you imagine, like Paul's basically just saying here, I'm just the postman, okay, I'm just the po- I'm indebted with this post. I've got to, I've got to deliver to you. So imagine if you imagine your postman um, comes to your house and uh, like is delivering red car- red letter after red letter. Like this financial, he's going. Oh, it looks like some financial problems at this house. You know, final warning. Oh, when will this end? And then the next day, he feels. Uh, some cards from the bank and they're like oh man what is is there a credit card in here that this person they've already got into debt like am am I gonna like am I just gonna cause more of a problem if I give them these credit cards here and so I'll take this decision into my own hand and I'll just I'll I won't give that to them I'll put that in the bin instead and it actually turned out it was just your regular bank card that you were, with which you were going to be able to pay the bills and, and the postman's gone and t- taken away because, he, because he's thought, or sorry, a post lady has thought, uh, <laughs> um, that it, they've known more about you than what's in the message. Mm. I, I, just, I sometimes feel this, uh, I mean, you talked about there's certain people that I think we can disqualify. It, like, who do we feel able to share the, share the scriptures with? I, I definitely feel there's, you know, sometimes I go, actually, yeah, am, I, am I ready to share it with um, people who uh, maybe are so well off that they've got no problems that they need <coughs> to bring to Christ? Or what about, what about um, my friends who are gay? Like, will, they, will, I, will I withhold the gospel from them because of what they think the church will think of them? Like, that's, it's not up to me to withhold it. It's just up to me to, to pass on the letter. Mm. That's really good. Okay, we're on to the last couple of verse, verses. You might have these underlined in your Bible. I realize yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> um, so verse 16 and 17. <clears throat> and it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 
For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Can uh, Verse 16 kicks off with, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Like, can, can we be ashamed of the gospel? Like, can it sort of bring our, can we bring our head down and go, ah, what if I get cancelled on this one? What if I, what if my employer <laughs> talks to me about it? Um, like, can, can we be ashamed of the, of the gospel? How does that work out? I mean, I kind of feel like I, I, I can struggle to speak the gospel, like, often. Like, I'm happy to say I'm a Christian. Like, if people talk about, like, what was your weekend like? I'll be like, oh, I went to church, and it kind of, like, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, it's there. I'm getting better at saying, like, I'll pray for people, because I kind of feel like if they know I'm a Christian, like, and they're going through something bad, like, what if they walk away thinking, it's like, oh, he's a Christian, he didn't even, like, say anything or something like that. Like, that could be... Because I don't want it to, like, sink into forgotten knowledge either. Like, I mention I'm a Christian and then just go about my daily life. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just mentioned it. That's tick. <laughs> it's like, it's not like Rich the way I should be that. acting. I should be, like, acting a bit different so they, they can be like, oh, that's a bit weird. Oh, well, he said he's a Christian, isn't he? So that's why he's acting like that. I'd be, yeah, that'd be, uh, that's really what I want. But it can also be, like, a bit of a crutch to kind of lean on that as like a lure to like have people ask me questions and then if they ask me then yeah I can be like straight out there and then like I can like ask answer any questions that they like but I don't like bringing it up out of the blue which is a bit of a like it's a crutch but I know how it feels in the other direction to be like halfway through my lunch at work and they'll be like Dan am I going to hell (laughs) and I'm just like deer in the headlights sorts of moments and it's just kind of like I don't know what to do in those moments my brain just like completely empties it's runs out the bottom of my my shoe like I don't know what to do and like so I kind of like I'll say something and it hits the right notes and that's really good like that's that's good but like I kind of feel like I have this receptive audience and like I walk away like beating myself up because like they they were asking me about it like that's 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 the golden opportunity and I just like I could even be like like God where were you like, as if, like, he should be, like, coming down and then just puppeting me. My eyes glow ablaze and speak in a deep voice. Fred, this is your life. Come to me. And it's just like, that would be super convincing. And that would be amazing if that happened. Because it takes the onus off me completely. But there's nothing biblical about that. That has never happened. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I'll say some, like, relevant stuff. But, like, yeah. Can, can I, I see the deer in the headlights look again <laughs> yeah it's decent I've, I've, been, I've been there yeah yeah I think we um again we spent some time talking about how we share the gospel mm. and whether we share explicitly in conversation when someone asks questions or you bring up about your weekend or you've been to the prayer meeting and there's those sort of ways in but also we we're talking about how how prepared we are to share our testimony um, when that comes up, and just how, how prepared are we in our hearts to know those moments. And in that, you know, when we are, again, it comes back to our lifestyle. When we are in that constant conversation with God, when we're 
in his presence when we're dwelling, when we are Exodus 33, where we're saying, we don't want to go anywhere, God, unless your presence is with us. We want that to be our daily prayer, don't we? So when we're asked these questions or when someone brings up about church or we think, oh, our heart's beating, we feel like we should say something or ask that person if they want prayer. Because we know God's heart and we know God's heart for the lost, there's something that stirs within us. But again, that takes intention on our part, saying every day we want to carry um, the aroma of Christ with us. And um, she's not in the room right now, but Kat has shared before about her testimony of how she came to know Jesus. And I'd love to say, so Kat is my friend, and um, I'd love to say that I had this amazing conversation about faith with her and shared my testimony. And boom, yeah. in that moment, she came to know Jesus. Deep, deep voice and all deep that. Deep voice yeah. and all that. But it didn't happen like that. Her testimony is this, and I'm sharing this because it amazes me. She said at school, we worked in a school together, we were both teachers, it was a very hectic school, all schools generally are, but our school was a very difficult school to be in. And she said, I just found myself coming to your classroom all the time because I just felt peace in there. And I was like, oh my goodness, it, my classroom did not feel like a peaceful place to be. I taught some really difficult kids. But this person who was not a Christian was saying there was something about the space that you were that was different. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that was God. That was God's presence in that classroom. But there must have been like a lot of nice teachers. Like even though it was a tough school, were there, there must have been... Aren't most primary school teachers quite nice? This is like, it. <laughs> and there's loads of lovely primary school teachers, and there are in the room right now. Um, but also, there's loads of nice people at work, right, and school who are not Christians. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it's really hard to be like, how am I going to stand out? What can I do? If we have God's presence with us, if we're intentional in seeking God's presence, and taking the aroma of Christ with us. We don't need to do much more than that. I didn't, I didn't pray over my classroom every day, but you can do that. You can pray over your office every day. That's great as well. Mm -hmm. I didn't, but I was intentional in being someone, trying to be someone who was going after God. And she was like, God's presence was where you were. And I got to have that conversation with her. Cat's not me. It's God's, and amazingly and wonderfully, she came to know Jesus. Um, I just want to encourage you in that. Just keep being intentional in going after God's, taking his presence with you and saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go unless your presence is with me. And being prepared and open and listening to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Go on, say something about, ask that person if you can pray for them in that moment. Go on, do it. I'm with you. I'll give you the courage to do it. Young people, I want to encourage you. That might feel like the hardest thing to do, and it is. But you might find that God prompts you even it's half term in it. But you might not see your friends this week. But maybe this week you start praying about what that looks like for you at school or college. God, how can I carry your presence? What does that look like? How can I bring you into the conversation? How can I have the courage 
to pray for someone at school. How wonderful would that be? Like we as your youth leaders are praying for you in that, that you'll have the courage to be that scent of, of Christ. So good. It's true. I think what comes out in both of your stories in terms of uh, the way that your classroom were, was, the way that um, you, you're kind of setting the agenda. Like the thing I can say is that I want to pray for you. Is It, it sets... In, in both of those moments, it sets the agenda so that people get a chance to say, when they ask a question, as, as Peter writes to us, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you mm. uh, to give the reason for the hope that you have, mm. which kind of takes, which transforms the conversation. So, so that there's, there's fewer conversations of like, am I going to hell? I'm, I'm much more like, what? Why, how, do you, how do you believe, how does this prayer thing work? Or how, what, why is it so peaceful here? Um, and have, just being ready in that, in that moment to, to share it. And I guess, like you said, you didn't actually pray in that, that moment for Kat, right? No. What happened? Uh, I, I actually invited us to church. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she came to... Um, Solly's dedication, and actually, I'm not going to lie, Kat and I joke about this, I invited her and our friend, another friend who we're really praying for, and um, I didn't think Kat would be the one that got saved, and she, like, God really, like, her salvation is miraculous, and she will tell you that herself, I'm not speaking on her behalf, though I am, like, she just met God on that day. And so actually so many things were getting in the way of her coming that morning. She texted me saying, I can't come. I've got to go to Cubs, Cub camp instead. And I was like, oh, Lord, I thought this was going to be it. And then she was like, oh, no, no, I can come. I can come. And she got, she got um, well, she met with God that, that Sunday. And it was just a joy to lead her to the Lord. And in that, can I just say, I would so love to hear more testimonies from our church community gathered here today of just leading people to God. Don't we want that? Yeah. I feel like it would be such a joy to hear more testimonies and just to see this room filled with people coming to know the power of salvation in their lives. It is, is the coolest thing, mm. seeing people come to, know, come to know the Lord. And really difficult. It can be really difficult to take the courage in the moment, but we pray, Lord, give us the courage. Mm. Uh, to take the opportunities that you're also giving us yeah. as well. Um, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power um, of God that brings salvation uh, to everyone who believes. And I, I, I just feel like when, when we consider, oh, oh, this is really, it's going to be really tough to talk to. I, I know I've got to do evangelism. I've got, <laughs> yeah, I know I've got to talk to people about Jesus. Like I've got to say my prayers, like I've got to read my Bible, like I've got to sing these songs. Like if it becomes these things and it's just a faithless thing, oh, is it, what, what, what's it going to be? But if, if we actually see that the gospel is, the good news of, of, of Jesus mm. coming to save us is actually played out in being able to pray for your friends at work, being able to, to um, have a classroom full of peace. Like, it's the power of God. Mm. Like, I, I don't know what's in this letter. I'm just called to be the postman here. Like, 
it's, it, it's about it being from faith, mm. isn't it? And I, I wonder if amongst us actually today, if we're here going, oh, I, I hear the word gospel. I don't need the gospel. I've done the gospel thing. I've been saved. I'm cool. I'm at church now. Yeah. Shouldn't I be doing the Bible study thing? Shouldn't I be doing the prayer thing? Whatever it is. But the gospel is right here in the in the room. The gospel is right here in those moments where you go, ah, I don't know if I can really talk to God about this. Yeah, it's the power of God. I don't know if I can really ask God to be in these moments of my finances. Yeah, it's the power of God. I don't know if I can really ask the Lord to be in this moment with my family or in this moment of my temptation. Yeah, it's the power of God. Mm. It was like Sarah's song, wasn't it? <sighs> Obviously, we didn't know Amazing. Sarah was going to sing that, but like God is here. Yeah. And I think one of the lines was, just open your heart to God. It doesn't matter what you've done just open your heart to him and that was so wonderful thank you Sarah for bringing that yeah I wonder as we as we wrap up as we see the kind of the beginning introduction to the gospel that Paul brings um, to to the Romans um, I wonder if we can just finish in prayer is that is that okay Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, we'll be able to pray for two people, two, sorry, not two people, two, two groups of That's people. we can manage. We can pray for the Jew and the Gentile. Um, two groups of people. Uh, some who need to know the gospel of the Lord for the first time. Mm. Like, this, this is the power of the Lord to save you out of, out of the slimy pit, out of the, the mud, the mire. Set your feet upon a rock. And also to pray, if, if you've been a Christian for a gazillion years as well, or even just if it was like last week, but actually you've, you've f- forgotten that joy of your salvation, to pray for a bigger view of what the gospel actually is mm. and what we're actually indebted to. So can we stand? Some of us can stand. Um, it's cool. Like, like if you can stand, why don't you stand? I'm just going to pray. Lord, we believe that your gospel is is your power and we don't want to withhold it. We don't want to be ashamed of it. So Lord, would you help us now to, if we have never known your goodness or if if we know that we need to if we have drifted from you and we need to re-accept your gospel your good news of how you died on a cross for my sin died on a cross to bring me closer to God to bring me into your family Holy Spirit I ask that you would do that in the hearts of people amongst us today Mm. Listen, everyone's eyes are closed now, okay? This is not a I'm ashamed of the gospel thing. Everyone's eyes are closed apart from mine. And if that 
is you, if you're feeling that, if you're feeling like, I need to know, this, I need to know the welcome of the Lord, I need to be welcomed into his family, could you put your hand up? If you want to know for the first time, Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus and to know his forgiveness and to know his welcome into your family. Would you put your hand up? Okay, that's really cool. Um, we're going to pray for the second group of people now. Lord, where are as our view of your gospel has been too limited, where, wherever it's been, oh, it's, it's just about telling the verse of, of coming to know you for the first time and we don't actually see your gospel playing out in our lives, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in the things, that, in the way that we raise our children, in the way that we care for our parents, in the way that we... <clears throat> In the way that we reach out to our friends, yeah. Lord, if we're not if we're not inviting you into those moments, Lord, I want to ask that you would now expand our view, yeah. open our mm. hearts, that that we would have a wider view of what the gospel is, and that and that we would know you and your presence in those moments. Lord, we don't want to go anywhere without you. We want. We want your Peace. presence with us yes. in every aspect of our church, in every aspect mm. of our personal lives. We ask, Holy Spirit, would, would your presence be here for every conversation mm. with, our, with our colleagues and neighbours and beyond? Oh, Lord, would your presence be here? Yeah. Empower us with your gospel. Lift our heads out of shame. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.